Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 638. Science Faction, wolves are going crazier, and it's time to get crispier. Listen, that's a great title. I know you put a lot of work into it, and I actually know the articles in which you're referring to uh-huh. on this beforehand. Sure. But let's not take away. Before we started recording, Bobby suggested a million-dollar idea. And I, I might be doing you a disservice, Bobby, by putting this out in the open. You, you know? are. It, it, you but, are, because we haven't gotten we haven't gotten our patent protection we, we yet don't, or But I'm anything. just so proud of you that I, I can't contain myself. It's, it's just, I, just have a, sure. I just have a secret I have to tell the world. Uh, I'm so proud of my buddy. He came up with the Ball Bustier. Yes. It's like a bra to give you support where you need it the most. And and yeah, we have like tidy whities and stuff, but that is more like that's like wearing an old tight sweater instead of a bra. It's like, will it get the job done? Yes. But I could use some individual tailored support. Are you so so what you're saying is Bobby like uh if you're comparing it to uh what women go through with their breasts uh like like yes. if, because if you're a man who's cursed with large balls whenever you run it's painful you have yeah. to wear a, yeah, totally. a, a sport testicle bustier you have Yeah to wear- exactly when I'm rolling around these B cups, which is the biggest cup size for balls <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I'd love to hear the rest of it. Is it just an acronym for balls and it starts at S? Like if you're S, that small L does not mean large. It's actually, there's one L no, and two L. No, no, I was, I was actually just, I was going by women's cup sizes and, and a size B would be the same in, in women's cup sizes and men's cup sizes. Is all. There's, just, there's not as much range. Good Lord. I mean, a man, a man who could testicularly fill out a B cup is... I'm worried for his safety. Every day he goes out, yeah. he's, he's just, don't hit my testicles. Please don't hit my testicles. Uh, kids are playing soccer around me. Get away, go away, kids. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. So for like 99% of men, they lie somewhere between A1 and A105 before you get to the B cup. <laughs> okay. By the way, uh, I'm pretty sure by podcast law, uh, if we talk about it, it actually is patented. Like, like it's that's a record. Yes, that so is the way. Any ball bustier that comes out after this, just know science uh-huh. faction's coming for you. Yes, absolutely. That was a good intro. I think that was a good start to the episode. We think we got like it was like a Shark Tank. Like we just presented to the audience. What do you think? <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to see a picture of Mark Cuban in a ball bustier. <laughs> I'll back it. You know what I want in. Oh, and if you want in, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy on Patreon, where you'll get an extra episode of Science Faction every single week. You get all that more science, all that more comedy. But for now, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. That eager for a palate cleanser? Usually, you know, we bullshit. You know, I mean, usually you'll introduce your your science co-host, but I guess you were that afraid of me. Just uh, are you that resentful You're of right. me ruining your intellectual property? I skipped over the intro because we had already introduced our most important co-host, the Ball Bustier. <laughs> Listen, if this is your way of replacing me, respect. I get it. <laughs> You don't give me the support I need. Oh, uh, dear. 
I'm like I'm like the ball bustier the uh like the gimp would wear or like that albino from uh, Angels and Demons or something or the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> like it's like it's like uh it's like a chastity bustier. Uh dear. Article number 1. Wolves are going cat shit crazy. Um, yes, they are. I know what you're like. We've talked about this before. I know this is a toxoplasmosis story. Yep. And toxoplasmosis, uh, uh, is the official, uh, parasite of the U.S. Marine Corps. And I support our troops. So, ooh, <laughs> a lot it's, of Marines uh, have, have, <laughs> we, we, we just, we talked before about studies showing, uh, Marine Corps deaths on motorcycles and relations to toxoplasmosis. Uh, we've also talked, obviously, toxoplasmosis is a parasite that lives within cats. It wants to breed within the t- stomach of a cat. And so it, the way it gets itself there is by altering the brains of things that cats eat in such a way that they are more likely to get eaten. So in the case of rodents, it can make those rodents unafraid of the smell of cat urine. So then they come on out when cats are running around and they get eaten up. Sometimes it'll actually even make them uh, inhibited of fear in general. So they'll just run up on a cat uh, and get eaten. I respect that mouse, by the way. I mean, like, I know that's a ballsy mouse. We now know that Toxo is all over the world in many different forms, and it lives in many different types of cats. There's a Toxo that lives specifically in lions, and it gets in there by fucking up hyena cubs and making them run out into the middle of the savanna on their own, and then they get eaten up by a lion. And there's a type that is in mountain lions in the New World that can get spread to other large wild animals. And in this case, that's where we believe the toxoplasmosis is coming from that is infecting the wolves that are residents of yellow Stone National Park. That's actually why so many Southwest Chihuahuas are so brave and run at people yes. because they have to- they're begging to be eaten by a mountain lion with their toxoplasmosis. Right. By the way, we, we come from Southwest California. People don't really know. I don't I don't know how common the Chihuahua is outside of this region. It's it's native land. I don't I feel like it can't be common in most other places because most other places have like hawks or large dragonflies that will eat them. And like we we live in a place that happens to not have a lot of predators, and so we're okay. Yeah, like a coyote will take like one cat in a neighborhood like like once every couple months and the entire neighborhood's on watch. Whereas like if you live in the south, they're just gators. They're just gators yeah. around. So yes, uh, be, so be grateful for your predators everywhere else. You do not know. And I say this as a dog lover. Fuck the chihuahua. Fuck the chihuahua. So it, this starts from the realization that Toxo is around in those areas. Uh, it is found in the scat of cougars up at Yellowstone. And Scooby-dum-bop. looking back at finding that uh, Toxo is also found within wolves in Yellowstone. And a researcher wanted to see if that seemed to change their impact. Does it make them more daring? Does it change their spot in the social hierarchy of wolves? And he seems to believe it does. I look back at like 25 years of records, which included blood tests of all the wolves in Yellowstone, because remember, they're a reintroduced species, so they get blood tested all the time, and that allowed them to tell which one of them had Toxo and which one did not. These Toxo infections are likely coming from, you know, eating the feces of mountain lions in the area. And what they came up with was the a statistic that toxo-infected wolves are much more likely to be pack leaders, specifically 46 times more likely wow. to become pack leaders. Now, a couple of caveats here. PEDs, performance-enhancing diseases. 
Uh, it's, it's sad to see it's it's infected the sport, and yeah. um, and I don't know if we're gonna get legitimacy back. And I know how you feel because ever since I got the ball gigantism flu, <laughs> I have too <laughs> been dealing with these nasty bee cups and constant wolf suitors. <laughs> hey baby. I, sorry, baby, you walked by with them big bee cups and uh, my eyes came out of my socket and my jaw hit the ground. And uh, and uh, miraculously, I survived and I'm horny. So, uh... You have no idea, dude. It is like every time I walk by a group of women, they become Jersey construction workers. That, that With these unfortunate <laughs> bee cup curses I am carrying around in my pants, I am constantly catcalled by groups of soccer moms or nuns, like just any group of women. Drop them bad boys on my face later <laughs> on tonight, sugar balls. Sugar scrub. Sugar balls. I would. I'd love to live in a world where I could be catcalled, so I would know what it's like to be objectified. That's that'd be a punishment for me. Go to a gay bar; you'll be fun. Uh, uh, why do you think I go to to fill that void? In fact, I believe one time you and I, on finding ourselves incidentally at a gay bar in the middle of Seattle, were looking for a friend, walked our way back and forth through the dance floor of a gay bar, and then afterwards confessed that we had been brutally groped. But you know what? Like, I, I was, I think I was pretty, me- I think I was pretty, uh, I, I think I was pretty cosmopolitan about it. You know, like, I was yeah, a heterosexual sure. guy in his early 20s. We both went, did that happen to you too? And you went, yeah. And we're like, all right, let's just go find her, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it is what it is, man. I get it. You know, we're a hot piece of meat. What am I supposed to like? I'm a, I was a, We shouldn't I, have been dressed like that. I was I was carrying a steak through a lion's den. Am I supposed <laughs> to be surprised at what happened? I can't walk through a room full of rabid hunters with these bee cups and not expect some <laughs> kind of action. <laughs> ow, please stop groping my testicles. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> that was that a knee? What the fuck? <laughs> uh dear. So wolves, obviously, there is some payoffs to being bold. There is a more likelihood to be a pack leader if you are bold and aggressive and willing to explore the areas that other wolves might not be. And so the idea is maybe these young wolves get a toxo infection and it makes them more likely to be the pack leader, which is why we see a 46 times more likelihood that they are going to be leaders if they are toxo infected. However, something to think about, too, is this might be a huge issue of causation correlation. I read like six articles on this particular science article. I read like six reviews on it. Nobody seemed to mention this. It was really weird. Like, yes, I'm fully on board that this could be a Toxo-related issue. Toxo is making them more bold, more aggressive, more likely to go to new places. Therefore, they are more likely to be pack leaders. I can get on board with that. That is one possible explanation. But here's a second. A wolf that is naturally just genetically more inclined to boldness and aggressiveness is also more likely to go out into new places it hasn't been before and therefore more likely to come into contact with the feces of infected mountain lions. And so it could be that Toxo is causing this reflection in in the wolf population and get making them more likely to be pack leaders. Or it could be that the inherent aggressiveness and boldness of certain wolves makes them more likely to a both be pack leaders and b come into contact with Toxo in the environment. 
I think that'd be a logical assumption, Bobby, if we didn't cover on this podcast several times where Toxo did make you the badass who bought a sweet motorcycle or made you explore the other woods. You know, like that's like being awesome is a symptom of the disease. And of course, you're going to be an awesome pack master. If Toxo made your balls huge, maybe I would agree with your your argument. Sure. Because I don't see that being a factor in exploring new lands. Yes, if they call it like the Bobby B cup disease toxoplasmosis that does to you what is naturally occurring to science faction host Bobby. If that's what it was called. Bobby Big Cup disease, so BBD. Like so yes. the BBD. Yes, that's exactly that's right. such a cool acronym for a disease, Bobby. <laughs> like you're gonna be like like the, the, the owners of the British broadcasting company just they hate <laughs> They just hate the other thing. <laughs> like, oh, sitting we're... on one of the most valuable acronym websites <laughs> on earth. <laughs> the BBC's name used to mean something. It wasn't some <laughs> name for a large tallywhacker. Uh, dear. Very, very interesting. I'm interested to see follow-ups on this. Obviously, we're finding more and more that Toxo affects things other than cats, and it can cause problems in the environment. Now, keep in mind, up to a third of human populations are infected with Toxo, and it usually doesn't really cause issues with us. After initial infection, we don't think there's any psychological effects. There is the possibility and the very real danger of pregnant women having spontaneous abortions under the influence of recent Toxo infection, which is why one of the piece of advice you will get if you ever get pregnant or your partner ever gets pregnant is they are not allowed to touch the cat litter box uh, until their pregnancy is done and that is the reason why because that type of initial toxo infection during pregnancy can cause spontaneous abortion but in general we kind of live side by side with this disease and and aren't really impacted by it at least we think it could be that it turns out that there is much more impact than we previously thought and it's actually much worse than we previously thought but it's really prevalent throughout much of the population, especially in many areas where cats are very prevalent. I mean, Brazil, I, I didn't know that, like, because I know Brazil is a very high toxoplasmosis, but I, I didn't picture Brazil as like a hotbed for cats. Am I wrong in this they perspective? Are. Yeah, yeah. They, they, like the favelas and stuff, they are full of cats because you want to keep the mice and rats and rodents down. And anytime you live right next to like a jungle, like you're just carved out of the jungle, you need something to like keep the rodents down. I thought that's why they invented jujitsu was, was a, just was a, fight, a means of yeah. pest control. Fight vermin. Yeah, you never back down from a vermin uh, when you know jujitsu when you roll. They also found infected wolves were 11 times more likely to disperse from their birth packs and dispersed at a younger age. Uh, you know, it leads some credence, credence to the idea that young males, you know, influenced by Toxo are more likely to go off and start their own packs. But once again, I will bring up, and I don't know why this wasn't mentioned in any of the papers, it could also be that young males more genetically inclined to run off and go do shit are also more genetically inclined to come into contact with toxoplasmosis because they are more daring just naturally by genes. But we'll see. Obviously, follow-up tests will, will kind of show us if there are any caveats to this. And also, I'm interested to see what else we find is impacted by toxo. I'm interested to see if there are other animals, certain human activities, all that kind of stuff. It is very interesting to find out how much of our lives are governed by other creatures getting us to do what they want us to do. Well, I mean, I, I, I work with a podcast host that convinces me to play uh, a game of I Call BS where I'm routinely, and it's not like I'm compensated. It's not like I'm paid for no, this. No, I mean, like, you're right. I find it amazing that I'm able to keep up that 
doing that for that long after you refuse to put any effort in. Because for those of you guys who are not Patreons and don't know, Damien has been playing this game every single week without stop for going on 35 years. And yet, he has yet to win a single game, a single one. And and fans have pointed out how he throws some of the games at some point. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. If you're not a Patreon, go go ahead and check it out, even just for a month or two, and uh, and get enraged with the rest of us. Yeah, you'll you'll occasionally um, play some of these. Uh, I think it's like akin to like um, like a snuff film, almost. Like it's like you uh, you you watch you listen to our podcast. Uh, where you create this this dark S and M science dungeon, where I am I am, where you s- recite science facts while cranking me on a wheel, like it's uh, it's pretty much that. Yeah, I agree. I it is a it is an effort to snuff out your ignorance that has yet to <laughs> materialize. But we keep trying. We keep trying. I, again, I just don't know why I keep signing up. Again, like like we, I, it's it's to my detriment that I show up after this episode and do the next one. I'm begging for help, people. Help. Call the police. Article number two, crispier. Uh, I actually prefer the original recipe. Um, mm. I find original recipe uh, DNA sequencing to be less efficient, <laughs> and as a and as somebody who hates progress, you can see why this would be the method that I would choose. Also, I've just never been a fan of the tropical flavors, so I just go with the original <laughs> yellow packaging. You know, extra crispy tropical flavor. I don't know what ho- horrible Americanized dessert or possibly snack item. <laughs> You're <laughs> I was referring to a Starburst, but thank you very much. <laughs> oh, actually, we, it was crispy. I thought we were still going crispy, so you're saying star, oh, crispy see. Starburst or crispy Chick Crispy KFC, crispy strawberry KFC. So, obviously, we talked about CRISPR a bunch on this show. Actually, since pretty much since its debut, because it's right around the sh- time the show was debuting. It's kind of our invention, in a way. Yeah, in a way. In a way, we should get a lot more credit for it than we do, I think. Are we cited in papers? Yes, but not legally. I've done a lot of, I go to a lot of libraries with a permanent marker and write in the margins of reference sections. <laughs> I thought you were going to, well, we've been cited as defendants in court cases. Yes, that has been. Yes, yes and by the police for some noise complaints regarding the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Is somebody torturing somebody and reciting science facts in here? We got a, we had a couple of concerned neighbors. <laughs> so, so CRISPR is a really cool tool that we stole from bacteria that allows us to edit genes. And for CRISPR, it's essentially like a really primitive immune system that can recognize certain uh, genetic strains and then cut them. And they use that as both a defense mechanism and a reminder. Hey, if you ever see that, you know, we're going to cut this little section out. We're going to keep this in our little cast array. And if you ever see this little section come through again, go fuck it up using this cutting technique. Now we can use that to then cut out very specific parts of genomes and do gene editing has been a part of a huge revolution in biomedical technology over the past decade, decade and a half. It has really changed the game. And again, it comes from bacteria. I mean, in fact, in some samplings, I think it's something like 80% of bacteria will have some kind of CRISPR-Cas system. And so that that is how we have known CRISPR for a long time. Well, a 
very cool new discovery may turn that CRISPR scalpel into a series of specialized scalpels. So not only can we just cut exactly where we want to, which is the kind of miracle of CRISPR, and replace what we want, but now we'll have a series of different types of CRISPR. So, as we talked about, about 85% of sampled archaea and bacteria have some kind of CRISPR-Cas system. But what this paper looks at is not the bacteria or archaea. It looks at viruses, specifically the bacteriophages or the viruses that infect bacteria that infect those specific bacteria that themselves have CRISPR systems. So these bacteria use those CRISPR systems, just like we talked about as part of their immune system to fight off viral infections. Well, we know that viruses can sometimes take up little bits of the genetic structure of the things that they are infecting. And in this case, we have found a group of viruses that have actually adapted their own CRISPR-Cas system. So they took the entire, they managed to grab the entire genetic structure of CRISPR, put it in their own structure, and then use it. And this is fucking amazing. Now, far from that 85% number that applied to bacteria and archaea, about 0.5%. 4% of viruses or phages that uh, that can impact these bacteria have shown the CRISPR-Cas system. So very, very small percentage, very, very tiny. However, it's there and it's really cool because we think they use those Chris that CRISPR-Cas system as a virus because it's using it to compete with other viruses and potentially manipulate gene activity in the hosts so that they have a selective advantage. Very, very cool. And what's even cooler is there's a bunch of different types of these bacteriophages, and each one seems to have their own type of that CRISPR-Cas system, which means that we might have a bunch of specialized CRISPR systems that are already built for us. Much like CRISPR itself was already built for us, we just had to steal it from bacteria. We have been modifying and perfecting those systems to try and get better ones. We might have just stumbled upon the treasure trove of already modified, already perfected versions of the CRISPR-Cas system, which by the way, because viral genomes tend to be small, have already simplified themselves down to very, very simple genetic structures, unlike their bacterial counterparts. This this is really, really cool. This is finding nature's house and you don't have to build shit because somehow that thing already formed with drywall and electric electronics and plumbing already installed. Well, it's septic, but you know, it's, you know, it's not, you know, it's better than nothing. You know, it's not an outhouse. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And this might very well, much like the CRISPR system has revolutionized the last decade and a half of biology. This discovery might revolutionize the next decade and a half. Okay, we have talked about CRISPR a lot, and each time you've said it, in my mind, in my science fact, fiction faction mind, is this how we get X-Men, or now that we're able to do this? But each time, I have even said something like one-eighth that ridiculous. Like, how couldn't we use this to modify to cure a disease? And you're like, it's too complicated. So what are the limits? What are what are the limits of in, 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 in the near future of what we can do with this technology? Well... Okay, so just like a brief overview. So when from, we talk about like from the, like like we're talking like like omega level mutant down to like cyclops, you know, like it's. I was gonna go jubilee, but yeah, yeah you know, that's I mean, even cyclops, better, cyclops is I yeah. mean, his personality. It's actually sucks. quite powerful. Yeah, it's actually quite powerful power. It's just limited in its abilities to do other things. It's very, it's very you know one dimensional, so to speak. Yeah, people don't like Cyclops because, like, he's a cop. Let's just face it. Like, if there was, like... He, That's right. Like, if he wasn't a mutant, he'd have been a cop. That's... 
Oh, dear. So when we talk about like the cast system, the cast is basically like an array of like little bits of viral genome that get kept by that bacteria. It's like, oh, I encountered this. Cut this up. Boom. Keep it. Remember this thing when it comes in. Remember to fuck it up. And then that way it keeps this kind of array. And anytime something comes in, it can compare it against that array. If it's if it happens to be something it's seen before, it knows how to fuck it up. What we do is we take that little array, that little section that they use to notify itself to, to you know, it's, I've seen this, this uh, virus before, and we put in the part we want it to change. And we go, here, take out this little section uh, uh, of this genetic material. Sometimes maybe it's put in this, this section afterwards, but cut this out. And it's not that it's not useful. Usable, we are using it now and we are using it for treatments and research. In fact, it is the cornerstone of a lot of, I would maybe even say most of the biomedical research going on right now. The problem becomes, you know, if you can do that on a cellular level, can you like change genetic diseases? And like, I'm sure you can, but think about that. That means you have to change every cell in the body, right? Like, that's not just an injection. You have to figure out how that's going to become a global thing because otherwise all you're doing is impacting the direct area in which, you know, the inje the injection is and the CRISPR can get to. But I mean, unfortunately, like, you know what it's like to grow up as a large, bald man. Everybody thinks it's really cool, but like it leads to a bunch sure. of back problems. It's just, totally. you know, like, so, I mean, you can understand why some men would want this level of technology, this level of therapy sure. in order to reduce their ball size. Because unfortunately, because it's not just a big, it's an org sex organ and not just, you can't just yeah. scrape away testicle. You have to no. use a therapy to shrink it genetically. Yeah. So the other problem, too, is obviously when you when you have surgery, you fall asleep. And uh, as you may have uh, learned from from like uh, science fiction movies and stuff, anything that happens to you in a digital fictional world also happens in reality. And so one of the only ways to shrink ball size in males like myself with B cups is to have a, a virtual version of them that then undergoes ball surgery. And because of uh -huh. the the scientific flawless <laughs> rule that whatever happens to you in virtual, if you die in virtual reality, you also die in real life. Uh -huh. the, the same thing carries over for the surgery. You wake up with smaller balls. See, I've actually, like, when you say that, I picture, like, a couple of guys, because they did this technology in, like, the 90s, uh, coming up mm -hmm. with polygonal balls. Like, they uh, yes. their balls were shrunk, but it's they're now polygons. That's... Just such a cool thing. Uh, I, again, there will be cures, there will be treatments, there will be research that bases itself on the discovery of all of these different CRISPR-Cas systems within viruses, within fucking phages as opposed to bacteria. Also, there's just some sweet irony to the fact that the thing that you developed the guns to fight stole your guns and uses that to fight you better. Like, cause that's basically what it does. Again, bacteria developed CRISPR systems to fight invading bacteriophages and then they fucking jacked it and they use it themselves. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of bacteriophages. Fuck antibiotics, team phage right here. Like they are the, they're the James Cameron alien. I don't think we use them enough. They're certainly like something that could, you know, we could use. And they, they did use in places like the Soviet Union that were cut off from the development of antibiotics. They use bacteriophages for a long time. And and that might be a way to, you know, thwart antibiotic resistance is to find really good bacteriophages for any particular bacteria that bother us. Yeah. I mean, it, it, are, antibiotics are just cheaper though, right? Because I mean, you just like, you have one thing, you have like a nuke, you just no, throw nukes in there. No, it's much easier. It's much easier. You're not doing like bio warfare on it and stuff. Now, to be fair, 
I don't know that there's any bacteriophage that could also infect humans. So it's not like it would get out of the bacteria and fuck you up. It's just too different. So I don't think that's the issue, but like you are throwing, you know, you're kind of playing God there, throwing some weird shit out. Who knows what happens? But also it's just finding a specific phage is pretty difficult and then finding a way to grow it and transmit it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, just... that's why it seemed pretty complicated. That And yeah. by the way, to yeah. a phage, I am God. I am fucking, <laughs> I, I could see the world in ways that would blow its fucking mind. Oh, dear. Thank you, audience, for coming back to Science Faction 638, where you learned all about wolves going batshit crazy and how the world is getting crispier. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 639. Hey there, sugar scrotes. I see you walking over there. How about you come let me get that scrotal sweat off you with my tongue, baby? Yeah! Got a ball holder right here! You've been listening to Science Fuction. Wait, that's not right.